Hello and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 67. This week my guest is Tara White and she'll be telling us all about writing contemporary romance with a bit of spice. Well, quite a lot of spice as a matter of fact. She's got a huge back catalogue and she'll be telling us about, you know, marketing and writing romance and all that kind of thing. Okay, so stick around for the interview section in a minute. So at my desk this week, well, at my desk this week, I have in fact been very busy not writing, but I have been doing the illustrations for um, Midwich 2, which is um, with my editor at the moment. And it's it's a pretty busy job. So what I do is, um, obviously, I'm not illustrating the whole book. You know, it's not a children's book. So, but I do like a chapter illustration on each chapter. And because I'm a bit of a perfectionist, I want it to be a different illustration. So Midwich 2 comes up as 50 chapters, and because I, I tend to write quite short chapters, which, of course, when you come to do the, ed, you know, do the illustrations, you kind of think, oh, I kind of wish these chapters weren't so short now, because obviously it makes a lot more illustrations. But having said that, it is a labour of love, and I really don't mind doing those. And I'm actually quite... You know, they're only little line drawings, they're little, little motifs, if you like, and uh, they, they're fairly quick to do. I can do two or three in a day, so that's quite good. So I've been doing that, and uh, it's quite nice. I quite like doing it. I quite like the different kind of working life that you get. I find when I'm writing, I can't really listen to music, or um, I, I don't mind, you know, music that's kind of... Uh, it doesn't really have um, too much going on in it. Something like Einaldi, although you know, obviously Einaldi is marvellous. But what I mean is, if it's if it's too uh, powerful somehow, I can't concentrate because I end up listening to the music and not writing. Because I really do have a one-track mind. Me, I can't do several things at once. Literally one thing at a time. I'm a bit like that with these illustrations. There's loads of other little jobs. I mean, obviously, as an independent author, the author, there are other jobs that need doing and that have to be done. You know, the emails, the podcast and uh, various other bits and pieces. But, you know, once those things are aside, you know, my main creative brain has to be just focused on one thing. So although although I've planned book three and I could, in theory, begin to write it, I find I can't split my head into two things. I'm either doing artwork or I'm doing writing and I can only do, you know, one thing at a time. But having said that, that does get the job done. I find if you have too many balls in the air, it's almost like it's like nothing is getting finished somehow. And it kind of bothers me. I kind of, you know, something's got to give. So anyway, so that's me. I'm doing the illustrations. And um, it was quite funny, actually, because somebody on social media actually contacted me and asked me what software I was using to download these illustrations and where did they get them from? And it was it formatting software. So I had to sort of tell her that I it is in fact, you know, they are in fact hand drawn, they, you know, they're proper illustrations. So in a world of AI, I'm pleased to say that the illustrations that you find in any of my stuff are in fact drawn by me. So there you go. Um, having said that, I do use um, technology. I do love my graphics tablet, which I use. You know, it's a marvellous thing. And uh, but I'm still literally drawing with a with a pen albeit a digital one and um you know it's set to pencil if you see what i mean and i i just get in there and i just draw and generally i can draw most things without any um reference i sometimes i get a bit of reference up if it's something strange and i think oh i can't quite think what that looks like or i just want to be sure but mo- mostly i can draw most things out of my head it's it's just a really weird thing anyway what i was saying about the um the music is that what i like about the drawing is i I, I obviously uses a different part of my mind because I find I don't need 
to have like complete silence or just be playing rain sounds into my headphones because I need to concentrate so wholeheartedly. Um, possibly because of my dyslexia for the writing. The writing, um, I wouldn't say it's hard to do, but it's it takes more from me, whereas the drawing is like a natural ability and I've always been able to draw since I was a very small child. So it doesn't it doesn't bother me to do it and I'm quite happy just to sort of fiddle about doing drawings. Um, so what I like about it is I get the chance to kind of catch up on other people's podcasts and uh, have a listen to the radio and kind of hear the news coming on and you know listen to some sort of chatty programs and bits and pieces like that. So uh, what's quite nice about it when I've kind of come to the end of a, a long drawing you know illustrated um, part of my you know creative life I, I feel quite well informed at the end of it uh, and then of course I go back into the writing where everything's quiet and I've got the door shut and uh, then I don't know what's going on all over again so uh, yeah make, make the most of me now because I could possibly have you have a conversation with you about current affairs <laughs> which is most unusual right so that's me I'm busy drawing I'm nearly nearly there actually I'm I'm in fact uh, I'm trying to think what am I I've got 50 drawings to do and I think I'm on 44 drawing number 44 which is great sorry you can hear my dog in the background she's um digging her bed like dogs do anyway so that's me that's me doing the drawing and um i'm really enjoying doing that and it kind of feels like it's bringing this book to life and i feel that doing the drawings uh, that you know you could publish this book without them you know it would be fine i'm sure it would do okay but it, i feel like i'm giving a little piece of myself with these and it feels a bit more special to be able to do that and and I think drawing is a bit like handwriting it's very particular to the person who's doing it so that so that when you've when you've created these things they're, they're definitely mine they're definitely my pictures that, that are there and it feels like you're just giving a little bit more to the reader somehow so you know happy days anyway that's enough for me that's my that's my week um so come and meet this lovely romance author I know you're going to love her on the Words and Pictures podcast this week, my guest is Tara Wyatt. And uh, she writes contemporary romance, but actually with a little bit of spice. And I'm very excited to have you on, Tara, because um, it's very hard to get ladies or any uh, writers that are, you know, happy and in, in, and comfortable writing a little bit of spice onto the podcast. Now, I have asked them, also children's authors, if you're a children's author, jump in, because that's another thing. Very hard to get you people. Thriller writers, they're right there. You know, general mm. romance, absolutely fine. But if you pop a little bit of spice in, people think, oh, I don't know whether I want to come on the podcast and talk about that. But I'm really happy to have you, Um, especially as uh, I also write a little bit of spice as well. And uh, it's all good fun. And interestingly enough, I see that you're beginning to write what I would similarly write, although my protagonists are probably a lot older than yours, um, is that you've got a sort of a cosy, a cosy vibe and a bit of spice. And this is me also. So I really like, I've really had a blast. in. I really enjoyed writing these books. And I bet you have too. Yeah. Yes, I have. So the first book um, is called Just Like Magic. And it's a brand new series. It's a little bit different from what I've written in the past because I've written sports romance. I've written big city contemporary. I have a series that takes place in New York City. Um, and this is in a small town in upstate New York where magic may or may not be real. And the hotel that the hero manages may or may not be haunted. And there's a legend in the town. And the legend is based on a fictional short story written in the 1890s that if you are kissed by the mist of the falls, the town is called Gossamer Falls. 
If you're kissed by the mist of the falls under a full moon, your true love will be revealed to you before the next full moon. And so it's a tourist town. They really play into this, this legend. You can get kissed by the mist on a sweatshirt, you know, that sort of thing. And it's been really fun to write. It's very romantic. It's got a really cozy vibe. The hero lives in this cabin on the edge of the Hudson Highlands. Um, oh, does he chop wood? Oh, he does. And he looks like oh, a towel in my I head as I'm like- writing. I do like I do like a man. I do like it. I saw this on something. They said, you know, the man, you know, the 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 thing of the the guy chopping wood. And I said to my husband, "You see, now this is why you're my ideal man because he does chop wood." Actually, mm. <laughs> I think there's something very masculine about that, isn't it? Excellent. It, I love it. It really it. is. It really <laughs> is. And the the heroine in the book, um, she's from the city. She's from New York, and she is a massively best-selling author of fantasy books. And she is very stuck on her next book. She has this big contract, lots of pressure. Her last series was made into a mini series on HBO, like big pressure. And she's got nothing. She's got absolutely nothing. So she comes to Gossamer Falls as an escape to try to figure out this book. Because the problem is they paid her a big advance. And she's been living off of this advance for the past two years. And if she can't turn in the first 100 pages by the end of October, the book starts at the beginning of October, she has to pay back the advance. She doesn't have it. It's a lot of money. She's been living off of it. So she's got this book that she needs to write. And then our hero, he is actually also a writer. He used to write mysteries several years ago. And then he had a very bad publishing experience. And so now he's just focused on running his family's inn. Um, And so it is very kind of cozy, small town. He comes from a big family. He's the first of six siblings. Um, His youngest sibling is Autumn, who runs the hotel with him. And she meddles as much as she can possibly meddle. She likes to stick her nose everywhere. And um, so it's got a lot of the sort of hallmarks of like a cozy small town romance, but it is sexy. It is spicy. There is detailed sex on the page. And I'm writing what I wanted to read because I love that cozy vibe, you know, almost like that, that sort of Hallmark or Lifetime movie vibe, but they're always very tame when it comes to physical intimacy. And so I wanted to, and I've always written spicy books. Uh, I've always had sex on the page in my books. This is my 30th book that I'm working on right now. So I wanted to incorporate that into this world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's great fun because I think, um, I, I I've always put sex in my books too, except yeah. for my children's writing, obviously not. But but you know, for the adult, for the adult, because I write under a different pen name for that. But for my for my adult stuff, there's there's always um, sex on the page, like you say, uh, because I think I think it's very interesting. Somebody once said to me, "You never really know a character until you consider how they'd have." how they make love mm-hmm. and I think that's a really interesting thing you learn a lot about them when you when you put that first sex scene in suddenly you know them a whole lot better because you've had an intimate moment with them probably yeah and I think it's quite interesting to do that and there's obviously a lot of humor in your books because I've just read your bio and it made me laugh <laughs> so, so you've got a, a pinch a pinch of spice and a, and, a, and a good dose of humor as well which is it's all life is there isn't it mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, there is a bit of humor. I wouldn't call them romantic comedies because the comedy isn't the main focus, but there are definitely humorous moments in most of my books. Some of them are a bit more serious, but for the most part, you know, there'll be a funny line or a funny situation here and there as it strikes me. Um, So, yeah, there is definitely some humor in there. Yeah, and and I think that's it's all good fun. And I think if it just comes naturally, that humorous moment, you know, a bit like the sex as well, then it 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 comes off the page and it works and it's it's all good fun. So is Gossamer Falls a real place? 
No, no, or, I've or is it, it's made up. Yes, yes, yeah. I've I've completely made it up. I have even drawn a map. Um, oh yeah, there's always a map <laughs> <laughs> to try and keep everything straight. Um, but it takes place in upstate New York. So if we wanted to locate it on a real world map, you would go north from New York City, um, probably about a hundred miles. Yeah, yeah, and it's, so. it's and it's right on the Hudson River. Um, and then it's right on the edge of, so they have a, a huge um, forest there called the Hudson Highlands, which is a real place. Um, and so the town of Gossamer Falls, it's on the banks of the Hudson River on the edge of the Hudson Highlands. And the, the waterfall is not real. Um, so Gossamer Falls is the waterfall that draws all the tourists to come visit. And then the Shepherd family, Adam Shepherd being the hero of the book, they run the hotel in town, which is an old mansion that's been converted into a 10 bedroom boutique hotel. Yeah. And that's his that's his job. He runs this hotel. Yeah, sounds perfect. And and I like the way that obviously, you've, you know, you've picked the right sort of name for that kind of thing. I've got my own made up place as well that people think is a real place in England, which it isn't. Um, but but yeah, like you say, I kind of imagine exactly where it would be somewhere in Hampshire, and Southern, mm-hmm. Coast, you know, and I and, and it's kind of named the names and the, all the little bits. And I think um I know a lot of people like to set their work in real places and there's a there's a joy in that as well. But but there's a great joy in um inventing somewhere that you can just make exactly as you need it to be for your story. Do you think this um as you say you're beginning a new series, how do you plot out how many books that you'll have in the series, or do you just let the story take you, you know, each book at a time? Uh so for this series, I am thinking that it's going to be at least six books because there are six shepherd siblings. And so I'm envisioning each of them having their own story told um, in subsequent books. Um, and so, yeah, there are six six shepherd siblings. There's five brothers and one baby sister. So nobody messed with her growing up because she had five very sweet, very protective older brothers. Um, so I do envision that. And then we'll see how the series goes. I do have ideas for additional books in the series. There is a trio of very hunky brothers who run a brewery and cider house. So maybe they'll get some stories. I don't know. Um, the other story I might like to visit is the um, mother of all the shepherd boys and one girl. She's a recent widow. And so I might like to re- visit a story with her um, having you know, a romance with a very charming British guy, actually, who runs the antique store in town. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds perfect. Yeah, so you're you're a bit like me. I can just I, having the idea is never the problem. It's it's actually you've got too much in your head in order to you mm-hmm. know you're trying. It's actually trying to keep a handle on it all. To be quite honest, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think yeah, I think it's great fun. Um, now I uh, in in one of your descriptions of your books, um, I think it's this particular book we we're talking about. Uh, I'd like you to explain to me and whether this is a British thing that I don't know okay. what this is. I'd like you to explain to me what is a cinnamon roll hero? Mm. What, what what would what would that be? A cinnamon roll? I like the sound of it. I'm ready for him. But what exactly <laughs> is he? <laughs> so in the romance sort of world, we talk about heroes using different language and different, we sort of put them into different archetypal categories. So you've got like your cold hearted billionaire, you've got your, your alpha protector, you know, maybe he's a former Navy SEAL and he's allergic to emotions. Um, (laughs) A cinnamon roll is sort of the opposite of that. A cinnamon roll is somebody who is warm and kind and supportive and loving, and he will do just about anything to make the heroine happy. Um, he, my husband. 
<laughs> that's, that's, that's cleared that up. Then. <laughs> he, he often, um, for cinnamon rolls, they often are the ones who fall first, um, which is definitely a little bit true in this book, even though he's not really looking for anything, um, especially from somebody from out of town, because his past relationships have all fizzled because he's very tied to his community and people don't want to stay in this small town. They often are leaving to go to New York or to other places. Because, you know, true to life in a small town, the opportunities for careers and different things, they're not always there. Um, so depending on what your your values are and what your life goals are, a small town might not be the place for you. And that's what he's come up against in his dating life. And yeah, they're, they're just, they don't have a mean bone in their bodies. I wouldn't say that they are alpha either in terms of being, they're not bossy. They're not overprotective. They're not condescending. They're not controlling, which some of the, you know, really alpha type heroes can be. And I'm not saying that as a knock against those kinds of heroes, because I think everyone should read what they most enjoy. And there's, you know, different strokes for different folks. For this series, I really to sort of go with the coziness of it all. I didn't think an alpha hero would fit. I wanted these men to be men you wanted to meet and marry in real life yeah what we'd call in england a nice bloke <laughs> yes <They're, laughs> they like, are not is this your first cinnamon roll then is this your first cinnamon roll um you know what i think literally speaking <laughs> <laughs> yeah no not in real life definitely not um literally speaking i think this is the first time that i've really sort of leaned into the cinnamon roll archetype and really gone all in on it like you know adam is you know he he likes he loves books and he used to write mysteries and he wears sweaters and he likes to go for walks and, you know, he cooks and he, you know, uh, there's a scene. I'm married to this bird. (laughs) (laughs) There's a scene in the book where um, it's early days there. It's like their second date and he offers to cook for her. And so they're at his house and she says, Oh, I wish I could help. I'm useless in the kitchen. And he says, you don't need to do anything, but drink your wine and tell me about your day. Yeah, and I, yeah. I want it to be this like, oh, okay, that's all I yeah. need to do. Um, and what about her? Does she kick against it? Does she think, oh, actually, he's too nice? Because I think if I'd met my husband earlier in my life, I would have thought, oh, he's too nice. I can't be doing it. But when I was older, divorced, mm-hmm. and 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 I traveled the world and done more. When I met my actual real life cinnamon roll person, mm-hmm. I uh, recognized all the good in him. I knew why. Yeah, I knew what that was all about and it was a, it was a whole different thing and so what about your protagonist your your female protagonist does she, does she does she think oh he's great or does she think oh I don't know is it all too good to be true so these characters are a little bit older compared to typical romance characters because we do often see characters in their 20s so Adam is 40 um, he's never been married he has had serious relationships but you know they've never worked out and Hazel is 39 and she is divorced Um, And she's been divorced for a couple of years now, and it was pretty bad. Um, And so this is her first sort of real foray into another romantic relationship. And she's sort of open to it. When she first arrives in Gossamer Falls, Autumn, Adam's younger sister, says to Hazel, oh, it's full moon tonight. You have to come to the falls. And so she goes and she's kissed by the mist. And then the very next morning, she's in her hotel room. And don't you know, the shower won't turn on. It won't turn on. She's going to have a shower. So she calls down to the front desk. Of course, Adam answers. She says the shower won't turn on. He says, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'll be right up. As soon as he enters the room and the two of them see each other for the first time, the shower turns on. 
So there's yeah. there's this sort of like element of magic. And Hazel's nice. not sure yeah. if she believes in the magic. She believes in her attraction to Adam, but she doesn't, she's not sure if she believes in the magic, but um things keep happening. There's too many coincidences to sort of write off as just, oh, yet another coincidence. Um, and so she is sort of open to to this relationship with him and she's not questioning the fact that he's so nice I think she's more questioning why didn't I find a guy like this the first time around uh, what about you as a person Tara do you um are you a romantic would you say or or or, or is you know how, how romantic are you are, are you romantic or is it just on the page um I I don't know I mean I think I am somewhat romantic I am happily married um, to my university sweetheart. Um, we have a daughter. We, we've been together for almost 20 years at this point. And, you know, he is my, my best friend and my biggest supporter. And so I do think, you know, I am a little bit of a romantic. Um, the, the main reason that I write romance is because I, I want to write something that I find to be hopeful and off, uplifting that brings yeah. people joy. And, um, that can provide comfort and a distraction from, you know, whatever difficult things might be happening in life. And I really enjoy writing stories that have a happy ending. Now, that's also one of the trickiest parts about writing romance, I find, because, you know, if it's a true romance, it will have a happy ending. Readers know that. They know that this couple is going to end up together at the end of the book. So you have to write an interesting story with readers already knowing how the book ends they know that they're going to end up together but you still have to entertain them for the next 300 pages yeah yeah it, it is a it is a funny one isn't it I mm-hmm. think yeah it, it's and, and I think it's a bit like watching a film that you that you've already seen mm-hmm. you know or, or even rereading a book it's it's the comfort of it it's it's knowing yeah. that it's all going to be okay and I, I think I quite yes I I can definitely you know especially in this troubled world I think it's quite nice to to have that in our lives, you know, yeah. providing some escapism. So you're quite prolific. Um, how do you manage that? How do you discipline yourself to get, you know, are, are you are you like very strict and having to write, you know, do you t- tend to write two books a year or more than that? Or, you know, do you, do you go for the sort of uh, rapid release thing or? Never... Or are you like me? It's it's finished when I've done it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, very like... <laughs> I'm not the most disciplined person, to be honest. And I do have to set deadlines for myself because otherwise I will just sort of faff about and not do what I'm supposed to be doing. I do write full time. Um, and I have been for about two and a half years now. I've been writing full time. I've been writing for about 10 years, full time for about two and a half. So I, I do have a routine. So my daughter is almost five. So she goes to school. And so I do write and work while she's at school. Um, and I do try to set daily word count goals for myself. Sometimes that goes out the window, but I generally write, I would say probably average three books a year. Um, yeah, I would say I average three books a year and it's, um, pretty on it. it. I think when you write romance, people want the next one, don't they? You know, very very much. So they like, they like to have the next fix of it. Yeah, they do. And I'm not the fastest writer in the world. Some people can write far faster than me. And I don't think that people who write faster are necessarily poorer writers. I don't think that that has one has anything to do with the other. I think some people just naturally write faster and some yeah, people naturally write slower. Um, for me, I if I can do 2,000, 2,500 words a day, five days a week, that's that's a really good writing week for me. 
other people I know write double that with ease and I, I can't. So I've never done like a rapid release because I just don't write fast enough. To yeah, no, me neither. I, I can't do that. I'm, I'm a bit slow, really. You know, I, I'm about you, about 2,000 words a day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sometimes a bit more if I'm on a roll and everybody's yeah. leaving me alone. Some, some days you do get too many interruptions or I'm just not feeling it, you know, yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason. Yeah, exactly. Now, I like your book covers. So um, do you do your covers yourself? Do you, t- you take that? Because we're both we're both independent authors here. I mean, I'm, I'm also an artist, so I do my own covers. But do you do yours or do you, do you outsource that? No, I don't do my own covers. I do not. Oh, have... do you? Hold on a minute. I'm just going to stop you there. So the guys on the cover, do you make sure that you fancy them before they go Because <laughs> I looked at them, I thought, actually, I like the look of these fellas. They're looking good to me. So did you, do you feel that you need to have that think yeah that's what he looks like this is the this is the guy because it's very hard when you're going through all that stuff trying to find the right face when you're doing that kind of thing yeah it can be tricky um I'm honestly not too fussed about the guys on the cover I mean as long as they are attractive and you know will catch the eye if they don't exactly match the guy inside the book that's okay with me um and no I don't do my own covers I don't have an artistic bone in my body um, I work with a very lovely cover designer. Um, her name is Frauke Svenuth, and she is from Krakow Designs. She's based in Germany. And she and I have been working together for about four years now. Yeah, that's nice, because I think if you've got the same person, you 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 get you begin to have a relationship with them. They know what your books should look like and they yeah. know you, you know the feel that you that you're looking for. And also I think when you're working with the same the same person it begins to hang together it looks it looks it looks like you know you can see that those are your books and you know when you've got them on your page on your website it all looks nice and tidy it's not like and you can always tell if you've had it you know I can I will I can always tell maybe that's just my own personal weirdness but I'm sure other people can't but I can always tell if somebody's changed designers halfway through mm. because suddenly it kind of looks the same but it kind of doesn't there's something not quite right about yeah. it and it, and it's strange how that can have and it's just you know it's somebody's eye for color and the way they balance the page and all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah I think it's really good if you've got the the same person to work on those to make it look nice yeah it's good I noticed that you're a wide author how how do you find that I could never make that stick I've tried to be wide and it didn't really work for me I've now gone exclusive exclusive again uh, back on the old you know that place Mm -hmm. (laughs) that place beginning with that a that we're all on um so how how do you manage to um make that work do, do you find that works really well for you so actually um the majority of my backlist is now in kindle unlimited the, the kindle unlimited pays you i have to say i that's what i th- i just sort of look at it and think do i want to stop that not really <laughs> and i think honestly i think that's where the bulk of readers are especially, yeah, especially in, for the romance yeah for romance yeah. and i think you know we're all facing really challenging economic times with cost of living crises I know in the UK, um, it's a big it's a big thing there. We've had crazy inflation here in Canada. They have in the States as well. Um, so I think, you know, KU is such a bargain if you read a lot. You know, it's $10 a month um, and you can read as many books as you want and you've got millions to choose from. So if you're reading, you know, and a lot of romance readers are very voracious. I surveyed my own readers and a lot of them read over 200 books a year. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of books. So if you're paying 3 to $5 per book, that's yeah. whew, that's a very expensive hobby. Whereas if you're paying $10 a month to read as much as you want, that's much more reasonable. So I think people are looking at, at it from that angle as well, from like a, um, you know, a budgetary angle. 
I do have one series that is still wide and it will remain wide because it performs better that way. I've tried it in Kindle Unlimited and it just, I don't know, it didn't work it's out. Weird, isn't it? yeah. it's, it's so weird. So it's, it's staying wide. It's the Prescott series. That's the one that takes place in New York city. Um, and that's staying wide and I'm okay with that. Um, for wide, it's just, it's a different approach than Kindle Unlimited. I still have the first book in that series free, permanently free. Um, I do occasionally run ads to that free book. Um, BookBub, I find, will make a big difference for you if you are a wide author because you will get... I find that readers on other platforms, they read through a lot more than readers on Amazon because I don't think that the variety is there for them. If you're a Kobo reader, if you're an Apple reader, Apple readers are amazing. They like... If they like the book that they got for free on BookBub, they will go buy the whole series. So it's just, it's it's a little bit different. But yeah, I am finding that there is a shift right now to Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, um, I think I think I think you're right. And and do you find um you have any trouble with um getting visibility on on um on Amazon because of the spice, or do, do you find it's neither here nor there? No, I mean my books are definitely not erotica. Um, if your books are tagged as erotica, then Amazon does sort of suppress you. They hide it, don't they? Yeah. They hide it. But um, and this is a hill that I will die on. A romance with sex in it is not erotica. Erotica is a story about sex. Exactly. Yes. Um, and this isn't a story about sex. This is a story about two people and their lives intermingling um, that happens to have some juicy bits in it. Um, so no, it's I haven't had any issues with getting getting visibility because the books are spicy. Um, It's just the main issue with getting visibility on Amazon is just, it's so, it's so crowded, you know, there's so many great books. It's tough from that perspective. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and, and I think sort of 10, 15 years ago, you know, there was there was you know you could put a couple of Twitter ads up and mm-hmm. or, you know Twitter tweets and stuff like that when Twitter was Twitter, and uh, and you could you could sell books like that like that, and it was we didn't realize how easy it was. Actually. Mm-hmm. I've only <laughs> but, been, I've only been in the indie space for about four years. I started out as yeah. a traditionally published author, so it was a little bit different for me getting started. And honestly, if there's one thing I could change about my career, if there's one thing I would go back and do, I would just start indie right from the beginning and go that yeah. way. Yeah. I, and, I, and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I I started off and I got an agent mm-hmm. and um, and then they bucketed me about and I just thought, I actually I actually don't think I can cope. I know I'm, it was just too many faffing about, fiddling around. And I just thought, no. What, I mean, I heard something the other day. I think we're 51% of the market, and that's not even counting the KU page read thing. That's yeah. just on book sales. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think we are a force to be reckoned with these days. And I don't think, you know, I think I think sort of even five years ago, you know, when you said you were an independent author, you know, people that weren't in the book business would look at you and go, what? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that mean? And, and you know, when will you get published? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they would ask you. But, but now nowadays, I think many readers and many sort of general people understand that a lot of a lot of authors publish themselves and do it well, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and do it successfully. And I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. So, like you say, you're you're going to go more Kindle now, and I'm I'm absolutely the same with it because I think, um, yeah, it's it's just it just is easy. So, do you run your ads on Amazon Ads, or are you doing um, Facebook? I've seen I saw you on Facebook this morning, actually. <laughs> So I know you do Facebook ads. It looks very nice, Anne. I like that. Uh, I, I really like the Facebook ads. I find they work better than the Amazon ones. Yeah, I do. Um, I do mostly Facebook ads as well. Yeah. 
I have fiddled around with Amazon ads. Um, and I just, I have struggled to get them to be profitable for me. I can get yeah. them to spend the money. <laughs> um, but, and I can get them to, you know, I will get some downloads and I will get some page reads, but if I'm spending $25 to get $3 of page reads, I just, I find them a little difficult that way. I'm probably not doing them right because I am not an expert in Amazon ads at all. I'm barely a novice in Amazon ads, um, but I am very comfortable with Facebook ads. And so that is where I focus my, my attention, especially when I have a new release. That's when I hit the ads pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, uh, yes, I've I've enjoyed the Facebook ads more, and I've I've actually had some better traction with them. I mean, I run a couple of Amazon ads, but they don't really do anything. But then I think, well, if they're if they're showing my stuff, you know, you know, because it says how many things yeah. it's shown it to, you know, like so many thousands or whatever, and it still only cost me two quid for one click or whatever it is. I just think, well, I just leave it on because I I, I don't know whether I'm. It just feels like it helps the algorithm i think if you've got something you know in that amazon space ad thing mm -hmm. you know I don't, I don't know whether it just works a bit better but you know who knows but i don't understand them and i've read books and i've decided <laughs> i'm actually too stupid to work it out because <laughs> it's just i just look at it and i just think there's just too much there on the amazon platform they ought to do a a novices um a novices platform where where you know, you, the, the average busy author could get on there and sort it out. You know, yeah. most of us haven't got a, you know, a, a paid person to go and, you know, a qualified person to go and do that. So, yeah, perhaps they will in the future. Who knows? Your website looks really nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, really, really nice website. Well, I popped on that this morning mm -hmm. to have a have a little look as I do. And I thought, yeah, that that does look nice and nice and tidy, nice and clean. You can exactly find exactly what you want to do on there. And it's, you know, that's that's looking good. And I see a lot of awful websites where the links don't work, you know, and that's mm. always a that's always a laugh. Um what about social media? So do you, you're on the Facebook and um, where else are you on social media? So I am on Facebook. I have a page where you can follow me and I post uh, daily updates probably five or six times a week. Um, and then I also have a reader group on Facebook uh, and we have a lot of fun in there. We, it's more chatty. We play games. I'll share little snippets of, of what I'm working on. I'll do giveaways every once in a while. Um, and it, it's it's more more relaxed in there. The Facebook page is more just about the books. The focus is really on the books. And then I'm on Instagram, and I post on there as well, um, pretty much daily. And I also um, will share little bits about my life in stories. So you'll get you know pictures of my my dog or um, some delicious soup that I made or whatever. I do try to keep a focus, um, especially on Instagram because I'm really um, leaning into this cozy romance thing. So I am trying to keep it fairly curated on Instagram to, you know, cozy things like tea or soup or um, just different cozy lifestyle things. Yeah. And then I also have a newsletter I send weekly. So every Monday morning, I do. I, I know. Oh my God, bite me. <laughs> I'm, I'm trembling with that newsletter. I, I just think, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Oh my God. Right. Uh, that's it. I'm wrapped over the wrists with a ruler. How do you manage that? That is brilliant. Well done you. Thank you. Um, so it's, it's fairly short. So it's, I'll usually just have, you know, a paragraph or two about what's kind of going on. And then I'll have one item, whether it's a sale or a promotion on one of my books, 
if it's a backlist book that I want to promote, I'll put the first chapter in the newsletter and then be like, click here to keep reading. And it takes you right to KU to get the book. Um, I have author friends. So sometimes I will share, you know, if they have a new release or a sale, I'll share their item. Um, And I just, I write it every, well, ideally I write it every Friday afternoon. Let's be honest. I write it on Sunday evenings um, and it goes out on Monday mornings to my list. And I found that the, like the engagement really went up when I started sending weekly um, because I was sending monthly and um, I started sending weekly and my open rate went way up. So, yeah, so I I try to keep it short, relevant. um, And yeah, every once in a while, I do get people dropping off because they say the emails are too frequent and that's fine. Um, When they unsubscribe, they get a message saying, if you just want news about new books, follow me on Amazon. Here's the link. Yeah. And and that'll clean up your inbox for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's a nice idea. But but yeah, so I do get some good engagement, some good engagement there as well. So th- that's sort of my prongs that I do. Um, I have tried TikTok. I don't know if I'm too old. I don't know if I'm too, just not savvy enough, but I don't get it. And I don't, <laughs> I can't get views. And so I've tried it a few different times. I've tried starting different accounts and doing this and that. And I don't know if it's just not for me. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I, I just found that I've had a, a bit of success on TikTok. Now, this is what I've been doing recently. And I just post the same one every day, three times a day. I, okay. I, don't, I don't make new stuff. I don't get on the top and do all the thing, except for the podcast one, which I put out on a Monday. I put that across everything where I, you know, you probably see me going, hi, this is my guest this week. And I put that out on Monday right. morning. Um, but um, I've just had this thing and it's, um, I, I made a slider. So I made, I t- did a couple of, um, uh, photographs with words over the top, which is basically like book blurb. And I think there's 10 slides and then you put them in the pictures bit on the TikTok, put a bit of music over the top and then write another little thing about the, about the book. Um, go on mine and find it, go, go okay. on DJ Bowman Smith and find it and you'll see what it is. I mean, it, and it goes off and from having like two or 300, you know, hits mm. was what it was before it, it's going into the thousands on the okay. same one again and again and again i've been posting it for weeks and it's actually made a difference to sales have a go at it oh interesting okay. yeah okay. and i and i used book brush to make the little cards <laughs> that i have downloaded them onto my phone and i just i just do it again and again and again interesting and it's, okay it's easy, it's easy and it works and I'm, always- I'm actually quite surprised i i did i just copied another author that i saw did that mm-hmm. and i thought oh, that was good and actually she was writing slightly spicy romance i can't think what she was called i think she's called rosa lee okay rosa lee i'll put a link in the notes um and yeah it's brilliant yeah so have, have a go with that yeah have a look at me have a look at rosa lee okay. and that's how to do it we're just about to run out of time where can people find you online tara wyatt people can find me online so my website tara-wyatt.com you can find me on Facebook if you search Tara Wyatt author. You can join my reader group. If you sign up to my newsletter, you get a free short story. And there's also secret bonus content for all of my books. Every single book has a bonus scene and a lot of them are spicy. Um, so if you sign up to my newsletter, you get that. But yeah, you can find all of the links on tara-wyatt.com. Brilliant. Lovely. Well, anyway, it's been great to have you. Thank you for coming on the Words Picture. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was really great. So lovely to talk to Tara White about all her writing. And, uh, you know, she doesn't feel that she's a fast writer and yet she manages to write three books a year, which is pretty good if you ask me. So well done her. 
And uh, if you, if there's anything that we mentioned and you thought, oh, I'd like to, you know, check it out and find, you know, the actual websites that we've talked about or anybody else that we've, we've mentioned in any of the podcasts, you can find the show notes at my website, which is www.djbowmansmith.com. You can also find the show notes on the Podbean app, which is, you know, the host site for this podcast. And I think there's a page there. Well, I know there's a page there for the Words and Pictures podcast. So you can you can find that. And I think the Podbean, well, I don't think, I know the Podbean app is free to download on your phone. You can have that and you can listen to this podcast and lots of others besides. So um, check that out if that's the kind of thing that you want. OK, well, that's it from me. Um, I'm slightly behind on the whole podcast thing. I don't actually um, know who my guest is next week. I'm having a whole week of um, doing lots of recordings and I haven't really decided on which order things are going to be published in. Um, but when I've got that sorted out, you know, I'll get back into the flow of things um, over this week. Yes, because uh, I think I was just really busy. We went on holiday and I was trying to, as you know, I was trying to get the editing done for my book and not miss my slot with my lovely editor. So, I, you know, there'll be another there'll be another guest next week. I'm not sure who it'll be, um, but I'm sure it'll be fascinating, as always is fascinating talking to any author uh, about any subject, you know, which whatever genre they write. Uh, if you're a writer and you fancy coming along on the podcast, um, you can find uh, a link to the podcast um, on any of my social media. Or, in fact, you can contact me through my uh, website as well and um, you know do come along I don't mind what you write I don't mind whether you are a you know a full-time writer part-time writer you're just starting out or you've been at it for years or indeed whether you're traditionally published or an independent author like myself it's all good and I want to hear what you've got to say and about your writing journey um, now the other thing I was going to say just before I, I signed off was uh, if any of you would like me to answer questions about my writing life, my you know my own personal writing life, or you know writing and publishing, you know within the independent author sphere, then um, yeah, drop me a line and uh, I will try and answer any questions that come up. Um, it's all good, you know, it, you know, to the best of my ability. And if I don't know the answer, I bet I'd know somebody who does. So, you know, so if you want to ask an old author like me anything, then, you know, do. Or if you're a reader and you just want to ask something um, just out of interest, then, you know, get get in touch with me on social media and um, uh, or, you know, get in touch with me via my website on the contacts page and put something like podcast 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 question and um i'll be sure to try and give it a go and give you an answer if i possibly can at the beginning of the show okay so that's it from me i'm dj bowman smith and this has been the words and pictures podcast until next time bye bye